Hey, welcome to the Mentally Chill Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Lee Carney. And the reason I said Lee is because I have my cousin on today's show, whose name is Christy Lee, L-E-I-G-H, just like mine. And here's what's weird. Christy and I didn't know each other existed until about a month ago. And we grew up about a half hour or 20 minutes away from each other. And we are so alike. It's like we're soul sisters, like soul cousins, but like soul sisters. When we met, it was like love at first sight. She loves Seinfeld. She was funny. I love Seinfeld. Apparently, I'm funny. And we immediately hit it off. So, of course, we went on a romantic date the other night. We went out to dinner. When we were there, it got real heavy. She started telling me about an abusive relationship she was in. Turns out she wasn't in just one. She was in two. And she's on today's show to talk all about it and why she's so positive about it. And I actually taped a show with this girl named Jenna Brister recently about her abusive husband. But I lost it. Not it. Like crazy. I lost the actual episode on my SD card. I thought I had gotten everything off. Apparently I didn't. And when I was talking to Christy, I realized this is a conversation that still needs to happen. And Christy is so strong about it, but she's also funny. And I love that because I think the way you make things less dark is to be funny about them, just like you'd be funny about anything else. So that's what we do on today's show. And before we get to it, just want to let you know about that movie night that's coming up on Patreon. October 26th, we're watching a scary movie for Halloween. Still haven't picked the movie yet, but... I got the times backwards. I keep doing that. In my mind, for some reason, I'm still in California. I don't feel like I am because I'm sitting in darkness and rain. But I said 6.30 New York time, 9.30 California time, or or I should say Pacific time. But what I meant to say was 9.30 New York time, 6.30 Pacific time. So if you want to join me for that, it's going to be super fun. Go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. Throw me a buck, throw me two bucks, throw me 20 bucks, whatever it is. And you get to watch a movie, but you also get tons of other cool perks and you get the satisfaction of knowing you're helping me do the show every week. So if you want to feel good about yourself and also watch a movie and get a bunch of other cool stuff, go to patreon.com slash mentally chill and a shout out to the new Patreon cult members, Thomas S. and Jeremy A. Thank you for handing me your souls. You are now mine. Proceed with caution and reviews. Up to 406 reviews. My Christmas wish is to get to 500. So if you can take one second and hit five stars on iTunes, I will be forever grateful and consider it your stocking stuffer to me and I'll accept. Oh, and please share the show with a friend if you've got one. I know I don't, so I don't really have many people to share it with. But if you have a friend, family member, new cousin, just like I've got, share the show with them. I would love the show to keep growing and I would love your help. That's it for me and all of my demands for this week. So I hope you enjoy today's show. So we were just upstairs yes. talking to my grandma, who is your great aunt. Yes. And you were talking about your grandfather, who was her brother. Yes, John and, Horn. And you got very emotional. I did. And understandably so. Yeah. Watching you get emotional was hard for me to not get emotional. And I genuinely tried not to get emotional because I have mascara on. Right. And I was like, I just don't want to deal with this mess yeah. at the moment. So I really held off. back. Right. But you getting emotional with my grandma was like, oh no, because she's the most emotional woman in the entire world. She cries at least twice a day. <laughs> we'll be having like apple pie and all and of a sudden something will trigger her and she'll yeah. start crying. But interestingly, you just said you're not going to cry about this stuff. Right. Which is... Interesting. So you have like a dual thing going on. I do have a dual thing going on. It's like this, I feel like you can tell me, but like, it's like you built up a little bit of a wall. Whereas that, the, you know, grandfather stuff and losing a family member stuff, there's not a wall there. There's not a wall there. um, Because with my grandfather, the emotion was raw and real. Whereas what happened to me, I felt like um, not necessarily was my fault, but I... I was warned going into these relationships for other reasons that weren't involving like violence in that. So I almost felt like I deserved what I got, if that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to someone who's never been through abuse. I just, I think that going through the relationship and then coming up to, uh, to the abuse part of it, I just had to stay strong for myself. And then when my kids were involved, it was no longer me, it was them. So I just had an armor and 
everything just kind of it, every day passed. I didn't, I didn't really think about it until it was at the very end. And I actually could look back and be like, oh, my God, this all happened. It was real. Yeah. But how do you feel like you deserved it? Um, because because, I, like I said, I was warned. And so if, if warned, if, though, how does someone say, hey, by the way, heads up, I'm going to hit you in about a month? No, no. Um, I just felt like I had to endure it because I should have known better. I should have been smarter. Um, all my life, I felt like I was able to smell danger before it happened. I was always the one that people looked to like. Chris, are we are we going down this this alley? Yeah, we'll be great. If not, we ran like hell. So when you know it was happening to me, I'm like, I, oh, I must deserve it because I, I I should know. And like, so I just that's really how it all like why I felt like I deserved it because I was one. I felt like I was too too smart for it, but I but I really wasn't. You're never smart when it's those things because. When your feelings are involved, um, it's almost like blinders, and that's what people have to understand. Um, you think you see things, and you don't. And and even though when my dad and everybody tried to warn me, I that I took it as as just them being stupid. Did this happen twice, or was yes, it happened okay, twice? Because I was thinking it was just with the one guy. No, so this happened twice. This happened twice. So then, did you feel like you double deserved it the second time? Um, the second time is very unique because, um, when I started off the third time's a charm, the third time's a charm. Yeah, yeah. that's the key. And everybody said I picked a winner, but you know, we're still in the, no, I'm kidding. Well, the cool thing is, so people listening have no idea that your fiance is sitting next to you, right? He's sitting far enough away that it's like, you guys look like you're at an awkward sixth grade dance. Yep. And he looks awesome and wonderful. And so it's cool to know that you can come out of two abusive relationships and find, a third that isn't crazy. Yeah. Batcha crazy. Right. As of yet. But I don't think I've pushed him to the limits yet. We'll see. Yeah. It might be. You might have deserved it. Stay tuned. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, actually I should ask. No, you don't have a mic. I'd be like, does she deserve it? Does she deserve to get hit sometimes? I'm just kidding. Yeah. He he would answer. Yes. He would answer. Yes. No. She's bad at dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the laundry? You didn't fold my socks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, the second time, the second time was very different. Um, and, and it's very unique because, um, I tell everybody that when I met this gentleman, I was, you know, still young and coming out of the abusive relationship. And when I smelled that he wasn't so nice and when I mean nice, he just was young and I'm like, you're too young for me. And he's like, no, I am not too young. No, not this oh, guy. This okay. is the second oh, one. Oh, this is the second, the second right. one. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and so we kind of just, um, sorry to refer to you as this guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, I but for it. all uh, intensive purposes, you're this guy you're this for guy. right now. Yeah. And um, so then I found out that we actually lived around the corner from each other, the second guy. So we just played friends for a long time. You know, it was just convenient. It was safe. You know, he was my safe guy or whatever you want to call it. If I ever meet a guy that lives near me, I'm like, oh, geez, no, 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 no. I want some anonymity. I want to be able to like lie about what time I was coming back. Right. Then I got to worry about if this guy that I'm kind of seeing is spying on me all the time. And then also <laughs> you, you got to do the stop and chat because you're like kind of sleeping with him. Yeah. So it's, if, if you see him and you're in a hurry trying to get to work. No, I never did that. You I never didn't? did the stop and check. Oh, I, wow. I was one of those girls that didn't care. So I think that's why that's I was awesome. so blind to things. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> because it was the opposite way. And I was the one being spied on and had no clue. Um, no. But yeah, so the second one was interesting. And then um, so we parted ways. And then when I turned 30 and just getting out of a relationship that wasn't so great, he was my midlife crisis, if you will, because I went out and said, this is it. I'm going out and I'm getting drunk and having fun. And next thing you know, I wake up and I'm 30 and pregnant. So yeah, usually you think you're just going to go out and and you know, (laughs) maybe get an STD. Maybe get an STD. No. At the most. Right. But I got a a baby out of it. And an abusive boyfriend. And an abusive boyfriend. Um, So I said that I probably should have just splurged for that Corvette (laughs) (laughs) because it would have been cheaper. It would cost you less. And less maintenance. Less, yeah. Yeah. Less emotionally, more more (laughs) financially. Because because with the abuse, there was, you know, maintenance on the body and on the mind because it was, it was, it was fuckery in all ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so how did it happen? How does it go? I think that's what people don't understand is, well, actually, I'm going to ask this first. Okay. Did you 
have super low self-esteem? No, I, I, I didn't think I had low self-esteem. And I'm going to say that I was very confident, but I was easily um, swayed because I not only, he wasn't my first abuse. So let's back it up to high school. And I'm this just isn't my get, first rodeo. Yeah, this isn't my first rodeo. I'm going to give some these kids a quick, quick lesson. Um, so when I was in high school, a friend of mine went to a party and you never leave a man down. So we always went together. And she said, Chris, I want to go have fun with Jamie. Well, you know, you got my back. And I said, yeah, I was tired because I actually was responsible and I worked. So I said, Jamie's like, oh, just go lay down in Steve's guest room. So I was watching TV laying down in a bed and just, I guess, invited sex that I didn't want. And I said, no, but I still got it. And so, so, you were raped. so I was raped. And so um, after that, I felt very nervous to say no, because then I was best friends with a guy um, for many, many years. And I would go to him for, you know, he would come to me for help. And I never felt threatened. And then one night he said, Chris, go for a drive with me. I really need to talk to and it was nothing abnormal. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, I got into my convertible and I drove him around. Wait, did you really have a convertible? Yeah, yeah. I had oh, a convertible. so you splurged for a convertible at least. Well, it wasn't a Corvette. It wasn't it was a, a Corvette, but it was a convertible. <laughs> Amazing. And yeah. And um, and so we were talking and and you know, he was just like, I pulled over at this point because we had been driving for an hour and he was telling me this long story. Is this the guy who had just like raped you? No, 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 no. Oh, so okay. there was two I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, so there's two. Okay. Um and so then this this guy started, you know, talking to me and then he tried to like get me to he wanted to like push me on his lap and I said what are you doing Steve no and he went ape shit and he started pounding he went to go hit me but he started pounding on my window and then he pounded on my convertible top and ripped <gasps> it open and it was like that was what I was gonna endure and he told me that and so I told him I actually was able to too push bad him you out. had the top up he would right. just hit the air yeah could have hit the air no absolutely <laughs> no not. damage yeah there was a ton of damage so I actually got him out of my car and took off like a bat out of hell but so after that when I was ever alone with men I was very afraid to say no because I saw my life flash twice so far so then now we get to the fourth the third and fourth time so that was four times that I had been abused in my life so low self-esteem no just scared so I would say I was scared I didn't know how to fight back. Well, I have another podcast and I don't think I've told you about that, but it's all about dating. Okay. And we talk to mainly dudes. Guys yeah. listen to the show. Okay. And we talk a lot about how girls are afraid to say no. Right. Because they'll be like, oh, well, she she didn't she say no. Yeah. And it's not about necessarily sex, but like, you know, she was talking to me at the bar. Yep. And then how come, how come she won't give me her number now or something? It's like, or no, how come she gave me her number and isn't responding? It's right. like, well, because she was afraid to not, not give you her number. Right, because she's afraid of you. Because this stuff actually happens. Right, and like, I like if you knew me, I have all the confidence in the world, but when it came to those situations, I didn't know how to say no. I was deathly afraid. So of it really came down to fear, not fear. self-esteem. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And then the third time, um, being truthful, we were together for six years and there was no abuse whatsoever. Not emotional. For six years? Yep, not and physical. And then it started? As soon as I broke it off. So when he knew that I was breaking it off, it was like fatal attraction times 10. He just was, he just turned, wow, he turned evil. And it was weird because it was not expected. And so when people say, well, you know, how did you deal with it? It's like, it was almost like, who is this guy? So you're almost not like intrigued, but like, wow, what a turnaround. Like, what, like, do I really, am I really afraid of him? But yes, I, I really ended up having to be very afraid of him. So when you tried to leave him, that's when the abuse started and you stayed. No, no, I didn't. I okay. actually left him. So here's the deal guys. Um, so when he knew that I was leaving, that's when he decided he was going to leave a present in me. So that's where my first kid mm -hmm. came from. Um, and then in the naive young 24 year old, even though 24 now is, you know, the new uh, 19, I thought I was adult enough. But yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get pregnant. Like it was one time we've been together for six years. Like that's not going to happen. Sure shit did. Mm -hmm. um, so then I was already moved out, gone. He was gone, you know, but then he ended up coming back into my life because of the, the child. And I basically said to him at this point, like, if you ever cared about me, stay away from us. And he 
stayed away from my son, but he didn't stay away from me to this day, you know, 11 years later, he still calls me. So wow, let's, let's talk about what fear. Is, it's still there 11 years later. What does he say when he calls you? Um, he talks to me like nothing, tells me he loves me. You know, how's, how's the baby? So when he gave you your present, yep. didn't he say something like, you'll never now you'll never me. leave me? Yep. Now you'll never leave me. That That's so when I knew. That's when I knew. That's what I'm going to say to people at Christmas time right. when I give them presents. Now you're never. Now you're never going to leave me. Yeah, and then they open presents. it up, and it's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be something sweet. Yeah, we'll think about it. We'll yeah. talk. We'll yeah. talk later. Yeah. So he said that to me. So that's when I knew that it was like a good choice. Let's say, because at that point it was like, you when you love somebody, you don't know how to not love somebody. And so I think that's where a lot of women make the mistake because they are they do have such low self-esteem but that's a that's just a small package of the wonderful world of abuse um because I don't think they have they take those abusive men take your courage and so they take all of everything that you would need to say no or to leave because they defeat you and they know exactly how to do it and it's like a mind fuck completely and you have no idea that it's even happening right how did so tell me for people because I know the story a little bit, but what exactly was happening? And I don't want to get like too oh, gritty, okay. but that's okay. Um, what was the actual abuse? So the actual abuse was um, so after that, and I had left him um, every night. This I, is the first guy. This is my Joey's father, so we'll call him Joey's father. Um, he would bang on my window. We'll call him Santa. Yeah. The, the, he gives presents. Presents. Okay, so Santa. I like it. <laughs> um, so Santa would come and bang on my door, but <laughs> but not with like his cookie hand. It was he had a pistol. And he would scream, Christy, I'm going to kill you. Open oh my God. open the door. Because you're you're not gonna survive. And then I would hear like his pistol banging my window and that he was serious. And so all I could do was to cradle my, my young child at this point, um, you know, not even two months and just pray that if he did shoot the bullets would hit me first. That's insane. So I did that for a long time, but I would go to work and I'd be walking out with my friends. Next thing you know, um, my head would be hitting the concrete because he would come up from behind me, pull my head down, bash my head on the concrete. And then in I'd front be, of people. Yeah. And I'd be dragged into a car and nobody did anything to save me. Uh you're not still friends with these girls no, or people, are no, you? No, no, coworkers. Yeah, oh, no, I, le I left this job. Um, Did they not say we're going to call the cops or we should call the cops? Was no one intervening? Nobody intervened. They, cause That's they, insane. It's insane because it was fear that got them. And so, yeah, and then where, what would they say? They have no idea who this is, what's going on, you know, because I wasn't open well, about it at work. Like, well, hey, I mean, I don't this. think you need that much information, though, when you're right. seeing a woman's head getting <laughs> smashed <laughs> into concrete. concrete. I don't yeah. think there's, oh, well, we don't have any backstory. Yeah, so we're going to let this one slide. Right. But here's her name. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no wow. cops. Wow. Um, That's and awful. And then I would be held against my will until he would calm down. So I would have a pistol to every inch of my body where he would have the trigger clocked enough to where like just a hair Holy mother. more it would lights out, you know, and he would shoot like a watermelon or he'd shoot <gasps> something in the house to show me there's bullets in here. Like you're going to die. And so How could like, he do that to a watermelon. Oh yeah. Cause I he, mean you, I totally understand. Right, but, but the watermelon, I mean, come on, it didn't do anything delicious though. fruit. Yeah. Gone. Just, yeah. So I'd be like, Oh, this is great. So the meanwhile, I would just start to play all these crazy roles in my head and I'd be like, Oh, but I love you. You don't want to do this to me. Oh, and it was you knowing right. you were manipulating him right. into keeping you safe-ish right. for safe the time being. For the time being. It was how you were surviving. It was how I was surviving. Um, and a lot of times it would end up where he would just get too tired, maybe pass out, because I'm sure he was on something. There's no, nothing more pathetic than getting tired as an abuser. Yeah, as If an you're going to abuse, you better be like strong right well-fed ready to just abuse, abuse but right. then all of a sudden Don't this big tough guy's just like slop and, and and drugged up yeah right? like slouching in his something. chair like i'm a i'm tired now like right. no like finish you, your job right right asshole like, do, do something right yeah no it was so it was just like is this really really happening do i do i run like he's got and, my keys at this point so i'm not going anywhere right but you didn't this whole time though you have family 
yes. local. Yes, I have family. You're local. not stranded in another country. No. And you didn't tell anybody. No. And you didn't call anybody. No. Why? One, he had my cell phone. Um, he's broke. Uh, numerous of my phone. So if oh, I, I thought had you my just phone, meant he's broke, which no, I assume no. he's also he's broke. also broke. Yes, yeah. but he would break my cell phone, so I would never pull that out because I knew that it was gonna not end well. So to save me money, because he was broke, it would never he would buy just me a new like one. smash your phone smash and say you're not phone. calling anybody. Right, you're not calling anybody. You know, and so I would have no keys, no, and that would work now, for me because I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> and I'm then, not a big phone. Talker. And then I thought to myself, okay, well. And we're in a bad part of Utica, which people probably don't necessarily know. So I had a choice. I could either walk home and get raped and killed anyways by a stranger, or I could just die with dignity with my crazy ex. So I chose my crazy ex over somebody I didn't know. So I wasn't walking, you know, the streets at a certain point in time because it was like, yeah, that was my two choices. Die with a stranger or or die with at least somebody that I could argue with and have fun with. Right. So I chose. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so no, I didn't tell anybody. And then at this point I thought to myself, if I did tell, what could they really do? You know, what, what, what would they do? You know, they would tell me to go to the cops. Um, and, and then what would the cops what do? What would the cops do? Because I was told that at this point they can't do anything. And so finally, believe it or not, when I did call the cops, they were like, well, unless he's in your house, there's nothing we could do. And I said, oh, but when he gets in there, then I'll be dead. And then what? And they're like, well, we at least tried. Like, thanks. It's thanks always just too late. It's always too late. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't ever bother calling the police because what were they going to do? But when you say you couldn't make a phone call because he would like break, right, your phone, break my phone, did yep. you have time alone at least? Were you going to work or were you going anywhere else where he wasn't around right. where you could, if you really needed, you know, if, felt if the I need felt to, the you need to, something? yeah, but I, um, at you this just point, were like, what's the point? Well, because one, he, I never knew where he was. Like he didn't have a car. So I couldn't be like, oh, go ahead and tail this car because he didn't have his license. So he didn't, you know, drive. It's like shadow boxing. Like you don't really know what you're trying to find. No clue what I, yeah. And so like after that, I learned, okay, if I'm leaving work, like walk with a guy, like, but then I thought, okay, if he has a gun, we're dying anyway. So I would just pray. That's all I would do. I would pray and I would just hope for the best. I'd say, well, if he's not angry, then maybe he won't come looking for me how long did this go on after you said you were leaving him um well god it had until i got him deported and joseph my son was five so i endured this for five years yeah so it was six years normal five years yep hell five years hell whoa yeah yep Wow. So that wasn't, I was thinking it was maybe a year or something. No. And, and then in between abuse, I only had maybe a year of, of normalcy until my second abuse started. So no one knew what was going on whatsoever within no. five years. No. It was all a secret. It, well, it was all a secret up until the end. Um, he f- showed up at my house, and this is how I finally got him deported. So he would always show up at my house, like I told you. Um, the night of my sister's wedding was probably the worst. I almost died on the altar because I had already been up for three days in a row um, because he th- you know, he would harass me all night phone-wise and banging on my window. The third night he actually got in, held me by gunpoint and raped me the entire night. And so I was up. And then I I finally convinced Santa is a monster Santa is a super monster I finally convinced him to let me take him home because I had my sister's wedding and that everybody was going to be up and he finally gave in after hours of begging and begging and begging and begging so um so anyways after that was when he came to my house one night and I had a Jeep Cherokee and I mean, he tore off the metal, <gasps> cut up my engine, sliced my tires to where they weren't even on center blocks. They no longer existed. Tore every, like, keyed my father's car, took everything out of my garage. It was in the middle of the street. Like, there was no denying that there was a problem. So at that point, I couldn't hide it. My dad absolutely 100% knew something was going on and hopefully this was going to be the end of it. Well, it wasn't, but it was it was talked about enough to her. Okay, there's an issue here. So then when he did, you know, bang on my door, I'd be like, dad, he's here. And so then my dad would end up getting up and calling the police and then the cops would come. But it was just like constant, like they'd be there like, you know, at midnight, and then he'd be there again at two o'clock in the morning. Whoa. Yeah. What was the final straw that got him deported? Um, 
me begging, like begging I, the cops, begging the cops. And then finally ice had called me and said, look, you know, we can do this. Like, we just need your okay. And I'm like, it's about freaking time. Like, yeah, by all means. And he still calls you to this day, even yes. though you got him deported. Yes. Are you ever afraid he's just going to show up and rip your tires again? Uh, Rip my tires, no, kill me, yes. Um, if, if I'd any, be more concerned with the tires. I mean, a Jeep you, you Cherokee, it's so. a decent car. <laughs> it was a great car. But Santa, no, this time I think Santa would be carrying me away in a sack. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. He's deported to the he, North Pole. Yeah, he's deported to the North Pole. And then if he does come back, yeah, he's going to want me in a sack for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yep. Dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the show, I do segments. And one of the segments I do is a sad off. So okay. we compete with who's sadder. Yeah. But I, I would lose, so we were not going to do the sad off because okay. you win. I win. Hands down. Okay. So then you get into, you find a second Santa Claus. All right. So Santa 2. Santa 2. Comes around. Yep. Also gives you a present. Yes. He also gives me a present. Yep. Unwillingly and unknowingly. So I wake up. Um, and I am not in a familiar house and I have no idea where I am. And this was the night after you said, I'm just going to go out. I need to just have fun and like let loose. I've had a really hard, hard life turned 30. Like, you know, I just was like, this is my moment to be irresponsible. I wake up in an unfamiliar place. It's never happened um, before in my life. But you only had like one drink or something yep, at this point. I, yeah, I only had one or drink, like a beer, two, or yeah, beer and a half. And I'm like, no way was I this drunk. I wake up. I have no idea where I am. I, I lift a sheet. Luckily enough, it's it's Santa, bad Santa too. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I call my friends and they're like, you're alive. We've been trying to call you. I'm like, I have no idea what happened. And then... Um, what do you mean not, when you lifted up the sheets though? Was so, he under the he sheets? He was under the sheets. Yeah. I oh, no weird. Clues. Yeah, it was really odd. <laughs> That's it was strange. random. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's we're adding some funny to it. So, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that, and then I was like, oh my God. And then... And life went on. And then, believe it or not, on September 11th, it's a bittersweet day. Um, jokingly, my mother that morning said, are you pregnant? And I'm like, pregnant? I'm like, mom, barf, right? Like, what the hell? So I'm telling this to one of my friends. And she's like, uh, you need to come to my work because she works at Fix in St. Luke's. And she said, we're giving you a test. Mom's always known. And I'm like, Chris, eat it. I'm fine. Like I, the last person I was with possibly was bad Santa and there's no way. And sure. But why shit. would you think there's no way? Um, because I, I don't remember having sex oh, with him. I okay. don't remember the night. I don't remember anything. Oh my God. So then sure as shit, I was pregnant and I knew it was him, you know, cause I didn't have sex with anybody else. And so I had to make a phone call and, and tell him this and it was like, you know, oh, I, I love you. Hey, I want to marry you. Hey, I'm, I'm um, the girl that you raped. Yep. How's it going? It, yeah. How do you start that conversation? Yeah, you, uh, just the way you, you said it. So, hey, remember when you took me home and and you obviously had sex with me? Well, guess what? You left your DNA in me because I'm pregnant. And it was a lot of screaming. But then it was like, oh, I love you. I want to marry you. And then it was like, I hate you. Him saying this. Yes. And then it was just like, I, I don't care. I'm Why are there the so many awful people everywhere? Because yeah, th- they just, they, they love to be awful. And so, so then I was tormented my whole uh, nine months of pregnancy and I didn't care because it was just like in one ear out the other. Did he know that you had been there, done that already? Like you had already gone through abuse and so it didn't no, freak no, you out I, to the way he would probably want it to freak you out? No, because I never really talked to him about it, believe it or not. I mean, like I said, I... Well, I mean, I understand why you yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, and, and really why you share that. It's like, you know, it's not necessary. Well, for him anyways, because... Well, you'd be like, hey, I actually know this other abuser. You guys would get along so well. Yeah. He, would, he did this and yep. that, and you guys have so much in common because yeah. he would beat me and rape me, and you do too. Yeah, except for you really use drugs, and I didn't have to feel it. So right. one up on you. right. Right. Yeah, so you did it the good way. I no. Um but yeah, so then that that happened and um and then when I had the baby, they were asking me these questions cuz a few things were abnormal at pregnancy for him. And um and I really felt like an asshole cuz I didn't have the answers. So I had to I had to ask him some questions. That's when he decided he wanted to be a, a part of the baby's life. But by a part of the baby's life, not a part of mine again. And mm-hmm. so it was instant like replay. Um, but not as bad because he didn't physically abuse me at this point. Yeah. It was just emotional. 
emotional abuse like you have never had it before. Um, and, and really the reason why I stayed so close was because I knew at this point he was dangerous to my son because he was a narcissistic. I wanted to bring up the narcissist aspect. Yep. yep. So he's a narcissist and he, and what does that mean in terms of abuse in a re- okay, relationship? So what that means in, in a relationship and, and abuse is that he doesn't feel emotions. Okay. And like not it doesn't matter who you are he never felt emotions with his parents his own flesh and blood he can turn on them and treat them like shit as as quick as he can turn on a best friend of of 20 years and so i'm like okay you don't even care about your parents so you sure as crap don't care about me but what they do is they lie to feed their ego because they're never satisfied no matter what they do it's it's never satisfying and so it's just like it's a huge game of like, how can I please him today? You know, what can I do to build him up today? And, and let me tell you, it is not an easy road to, to, to walk on. No. Yeah. No. And, um, and he would do things to you that like you almost questioned yourself. Like, you know, like if you asked him a question, like, Hey, weren't you supposed to be at your meeting? No. Remember I told you that I was, I had this over at Tanya's house at 10 o'clock and you're like, no. And you're like, yeah, we were sitting in the kitchen and I told you, and it was like this whole story because they're so used to lying Mm. that they, they almost make you confused enough to where you're like, Oh my God, did he really say that? Is this really what is happening? Even though you know that you saw him today in the library at 11 o'clock. Yeah. You start it questioning was like the reality. Game. Yeah. And, and, and so then it's, it's so hard on your, your, your uh, mental psyche that you literally have to talk to yourself every day. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to let him get control of me today. Looking back, mm-hmm. it would be smart to like write yourself notes. Yes. Like he did this, he did this, he did this today, yep. the date, the time so Journals. that you could refer back Journals. and say, no, I'm not crazy. Yep. No, this, I'm not crazy. This, this really happened. Yeah. But who in the right mind thinks I have to start nobody, everything, nobody. Yeah. And that's why everybody just is like, but for me, I'm able to let things roll off of me very, very quickly. But to somebody who can't and doesn't have that armor, is, is fucked. Yeah. So 100%. did you ever fall into a depression or anything because of this? Because you do have quite the shield, but it doesn't seem like just a shield. It seems like who you are. Like you're a feisty, funny, yep. spunky yep. person. Yes. And luckily it seems like that didn't dim your flame at all. It didn't dim my flame, but it definitely took a toll on my life. And I will tell you that it didn't affect me completely, but it affected me enough to where it makes me question my authority with things that it shouldn't. And it's just because you say to yourself, if I'm this smart, if I'm this feisty, if I'm this confident, how in the hell did I allow myself to, to, to be put in these situations? But imagine someone who's already fragile to begin yep. with. And then in the scenario, it's... Uh, it like, almost seems impossible to ever to get him back. Yeah. yeah. And this is where they would have to refer to other people like you or myself or anybody that they have ever come in contact with us to talk to them about it. Um, talking about it is something that I don't do, but I would if it came to it. You so you never I mean? went to therapy or anything? No, I, I didn't go to therapy. I recently did talk to a therapist, believe it or not, um, when I brought my son. Because through all the trauma, I didn't realize how it affected people around me. Because I was a gladiator, but everybody around me had no idea that I was fighting a war. And so everybody around me was enduring this pain that was coming off of these shields that I didn't know was hitting their hearts. And it was just because I had one mindset and that was to save my son because he would have killed my son. And just so everybody knows, he was a narcissist and only loves himself. So his son was just a ploy to get to me and to get me to feed his ego because his son didn't feed his ego because his son didn't praise him. He had to praise his son. So 
he would have, he had no parenting skills. He would have left him on the side of a road. If the, my son started to cry, he would have bashed his head. And, and I knew it. Did he ever lay a hand on on um, it? He screamed at him. I don't know if he did, but I will tell you that he, my son was completely traumatized from him that he would come home screaming and shaking in a basket. Um, when it finally got to the point where we were, wait, who would be in the basket? The baby, the baby. Oh Yeah. And he would be trembling. Yep. And screaming and crying for hours. Because he saw his father or something? Yep, because he was with, so I would, I pretended to have a relationship with him so I could stay around my son. But then it got to a point where like, um, we, I couldn't hold back my anger in certain situations. So he had to punish me. So by punishing me, he would take me to court trying to say that he wanted custody of a son that he doesn't care about, but just to hurt me, but to boost his ego because he wanted to look like a hero to his parents, to his friends, to whomever he was trying to impress at this moment. And so he would have what he wanted is visitation, but visitation for Anthony would last an hour. But that hour was so traumatic to my son that he would come back home. Oh, I see what you mean. A complete, basket case and that's when I knew the fight had to go harder so I started to manipulate the situations um, a little bit more aggressively and the more aggressive I got with certain certain scenarios that's when the physical abuse came because um, he would have to teach me a lesson so if now the lesson wasn't with my son the lesson had to be on me so that's when he would rage and slap, punch, bite me. Um, I'd be bleeding from places I never thought blood can come out of. Um, And half the time I didn't even know it was happening because it would be like he would have to sexually dominate me and I would take it, you know. So at that point, I can't necessarily call it rape because I invited it so that it would keep my son safe. But then next thing you know, I would be waking up to hand marks around my neck and blood coming out of places I, I didn't know could bleed so it's hard for me to wrap my head around because it's so awful yeah and with your fiance sitting here right now I don't know if you're like raging inside or if you just kind of hear this and it goes in one ear and out the other or like what you're feeling um and you don't really have to answer because you don't have a mic unless you want a mic do you want to answer you want to answer we just hand up yeah so you just got to talk close to it yeah um I mean I guess without getting into it too much my my history I, I don't tolerate shit like that you know it'd be weird if you did like I, be, I can tolerate this yeah that'd be it, well, strange that's good you don't no i mean even the stories like i have chest pain right right, Let's, like right. I, I would imagine because yeah. you're sitting here i'm thinking yeah at first i, mean, I I've, didn't I've heard it before i know the stories and and when christy said you were going to come i was just like oh, okay but i didn't think about the fact that you're going to be going over like excruciating details mm-hmm. in slow motion in yeah. front of your fiance and that must enrage him not at you obviously and obviously we want to keep that from happening (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean I can't imagine sitting there and listening to this and 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 not being able to strangle the guy yeah I mean there's a lot of anger but I mean I've got a lot of anger towards the people in her life you know like that were around that didn't help during this it's like you know what do you how how how, do you let this happen yeah like where did you grow up who taught you do you ever see in her behavior signs that this had happened yeah and what are what are those signs usually? Um, Besides weeping uncontrollably, no, which I understand. She, no, no, she that one I would be that, doing constantly. I know she wouldn't be crying constantly. Yeah, no, you're a tough. That, that you're a tough happen. bird. Um, I mean, I have a I have an education in psychology. Oh, you do. I do, and I can just see it. I see a vigilance sometimes. You know, sometimes I see her get a little more like a little more irritated maybe than she should with certain things that I do. And so, but I can't imagine, you know, your brain, Christy, when like you're going through this must be developing in a way, cause you were still young when, you know, youngish. So I feel like you would be programmed. Basically what I'm trying to say is, was it hard to transition from chaos to this because your normal is it's a weird normal. normal. It's a weird normal. And he's my whole life is normal. A weird normal. And he's very normal. Um, 
but no, I think I can that, tell by the plaid shirt you're very normal. Yeah, <laughs> I made him wear that by the way, just it's a nice so he would look normal. As nobody knows, but I'm wearing plaid. You're too. also wearing plaid. Yeah, yeah I I didn't want to come off aggressive, but um, also be known that you're a couple. Like right, but yeah, yeah, clear. That we're a couple. Yeah, we're not those couples that dress alike, but today we did just because. Um, but yeah, I'm able to assimilate myself to situations very well. Um, but meeting him was a breath of fresh air because he's very similar to me and how we take in life. And so when he heard that he's also gone through things in life that it was just like, okay, so you're just as fucked up as me. So cool. So we're fucked up together. Yeah. There should um, be a dating app. That's just like, yeah. it's just the measure of you're how fu- fucked up you are. Yeah, you match with the people who right, are the same fucked up level. Likes. No, yeah, right. Cause yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause I could tell you this right now. We don't fucking like anything that's, that's, that's the same. So that's why we get along so well. Um, I think that everybody knows what they want in life, but they just, it really, it really stems on friends, family and how they were raised. And so me, I, I think that I was raised pretty, pretty okay. Um, but I also have an old soul and I feel like I just see life differently than most people. And people say, are you angry at these people? And I, and I say no. And they're like, how are you not enraged? How do you not want to murder these people? And I'm just like, Cause they're fucked up and, and their life sucks and mine is great. And people are like, well, how's your life? Great. Like you just told me stories and made me want to slip my own wrist. Right. And I'm like, because you don't understand that I got a lot of gifts out of it. I got two kids for the price of one. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so that was a price of like 5,000. 5, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A price of one. I just, I lie all the time about it um, <laughs> to try to, you know, not make it seem so terrible. Um, but no, I, I don't have any ill intentions. So you them. genuinely feel positive about it. It's not like you're trying to feel positive about it. Yeah. I genuinely feel positive about it because honestly, if I took the abuse away from somebody else, that's what I say, then they, he, they did it to the right person because they didn't break me. Oh. You know what I mean? They didn't break me. And so they probably would have broke somebody else, me. anybody, you know, and, um, and that's it. And you know what? It made me You're stronger. such a good person. Uh, gross. gross. Ew. Weird. Who the hell invited that? Never girl? met one of you before. <laughs> yes. Sick. Barf me. <laughs> um, but yeah. But not surprised we're related. <laughs> she throws that in now. I, I'm a good person. <laughs> Let me just say yeah. that. <laughs> she absolutely <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, I take it as a lesson learned in the sense of, you know, now I know what to look for. And, and believe it or not, people say, well, you just told us five times where it wasn't noticeable. But um, it was after the fact. And now... I, when I met him, I ran like hell. He just grabbed me quicker. No, I'm kidding. I didn't <laughs> run from him at all. But I probably, I, I know the warning signs and I can tell Well, you didn't people. have any legs left because they amputated they, they them. They amputated one, them. Santa 1, Santa 2 took both <laughs> took your legs. Took both my legs <laughs> and um, no longer could walk. Yes. Yeah, so it's good because now I can tell people, oh, no, you just said five things that I didn't need. Run, run, get away from mom. Um, but yeah, so there's my story. But no weird transition into a normal relationship. No, no weird transition. I mean, there, like he said, there's times where things strike me differently because, um, you know, I have been through so much mental fuckery that sometimes it's hard for me to uh, really say, okay, is that joke or is he serious? Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees the wince at certain things because um, is there pain still there? Yeah. Um, physical because they've left scars. Um, so you would so, say there's more physical pain left than emotional? Um, I'd say both. I'd say it's a combination of both because um, emotional pain, I don't really feel, um, but there's times where things kind of grudge up and it's like a flash of, of something they've said that he's saying not in that meaning, but just just hit a nerve and it's like oh don't you dare do that again <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's like what the fuck what i do and i'm like i fucking saw his face ah yeah and he's like flashbacks. don't say that like the, you just fucking ruin me and not, now don't talk to me for the rest of the night so, i wonder if a psychiatrist would say that one day you will have all of these emotions hit you at one time um ooh, yeah i'm gonna say no so when you drink and get a little buzz. Yep. You don't all of a sudden get super emotional no. or like, really? No, never. Nothing. It doesn't stay in the back of my mind. Wow. And really, like when he says, you know, isn't there more you want to say? And I'm like, no, I 
there's nothing like it's simple, like this is it. And there, and you know, and all my friends are just like, well, why didn't you tell me? And I'm just like, cause it wasn't worth mentioning at the time. And like, I never went and cried to them. And I don't do that sob story. Cause to me, it's like, listen, everybody out there that like is, is, is having this type of like, you have to realize what part did you play in this all? And I had a part, I had a part. Yeah. But you're not to blame though. But I'm not to blame. I get it. But I did have a part in it, you know? And so I say to myself, like, if I just did this differently, then that wouldn't happen. But yeah, um, you know. But I feel like that's kind of like me saying, yeah, I didn't use my blinker when I was taking a left-hand turn. So I kind of deserved to get smashed smashed by a semi-tractor trailer and killed. (laughs) Killed, You know what I mean? It's a small... what you. What you did was so small in comparison to what you got. What I got. Right. Uh, yes, yes. You're absolutely correct on that. And so I guess I really shouldn't have, have put it like that. But I don't know. I mean, I don't. I do. I. This is like a running joke on the show. When I have people on, I feel like I almost make them sad. Like they were fine coming in. Yeah. And I'm like, are you're you sure me? you're not sad? No, are you not... sure you're not depressed? Yeah. You've got to feel like shit. I better go see that psychiatrist again. Um. No, I I don't get emotional with drinking. I don't get emotional watching movies or hearing other people talk. I it doesn't put me in that back in that same spot. Um. You know, it, when I get phone calls, I don't it doesn't hit me. He's like, why do you even talk to him? And it's just like, eh, it's just better to talk to him to know like what he's feeling than not to. Cause then like in the back of my mind, I might worry for a day or two or get nervous, you know, because that's how I used to be. I could say that the only mental fuckery of it all was not knowing what they were going to do next. The unknown. I the always unknown say that's the scariest. Is, yeah. And so, so I think that once all of that unknown was gone, that I'm back to normal. I like sprung back, but yeah, for a good period of time, could I be all that I was? No, because I had to worry constantly every day. If I go outside, is this going to be the day? If I walk down the street, like, I think I look over my shoulder more than any other person will look over their shoulder. When I'm driving, I know all blind spots. I'm looking everywhere as that I'm going. You know, when I'm walking into stores, I'm, I, I can point out who came in and who the first second, so it made you hyper aware very much very much because i had to because it was my life um as well as my kids you know um being to the school first before anybody else because god forbid he showed up there like you know you always worry about those things so i think my stress level is through the roof in certain situations where most people's wouldn't like um if my kid wanders just a, t- ah mm-hmm. like where is he where is he i can't see him because it's like fear that I think has stayed and that'll always stay. It's I've always been that way, but it's in heightened at times 10. So yeah. Do I have scars from it? Sure. I'm very sensitive with my kids. Um, very overprotective. I'm a helicopter mom. I, you know, I still run like a freaking school girl into my house if I'm by myself because I'm scared to death. Somebody's going to jump out of my bushes. So yeah, there is definite emotional scars, but I can laugh about it and say, all right, I'm running in like, I don't like cry about it. I'm not like, this is what happened to me. I have to run into my house because of this. No, I'm just like, I have to run in my house because I'm scared to death that I'm going to get, somebody's going to jump out of my bushes and attack me. And people laugh. They're like, oh shit, that's really, that sucks. Yeah, I, if you were my patient, if I was a therapist or something, not that you would even come in to be a patient, right. I'd be like, oh yeah, I did all this. She's this normal because I worked her right. up to this up point because you seem like you've done so much work. So many steps. Yeah, yeah. To get to this like healthy place. <laughs> but really that's just where you are where naturally. Am. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't do all that work for right. you in therapy. And so when I, when I talked to that, when I did talk to a therapist, she said, <laughs> I don't know how to treat you because you intimidate me when you come in. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Because I'm afraid that you're going to see my weaknesses because you you typically look to me before I can look to you and you catch my weaknesses before I catch yours and I say I said to her well I don't have any weaknesses you say yeah That's you have problem. 12 I counted them already right and I, no and I did say that and she would get very quiet and then the session would turn into a big turd fest because it was just like are you helping me or am I just gonna sit here and watch you cry so that's how it went watch the psychiatrist cry, cry. you saw that the psychiatrist cry yes, I did you did oh I did 
I think did. you can report them for that. I think they're supposed to be not human. Yeah, they're no not emotions, hu- no emotions are allowed. But we won't. <laughs> yeah, we won't name names because that would be like uh, the worst thing ever. Then no soup for you. Right. Okay. No well, soup for I you. actually I made my therapist cry like once or twice. Right. And I told a guy that I was seeing at the time that I did, and he said, "You need to stop seeing that therapist." Right. That's a bad therapist. Yeah. But I thought it was so lovely. It, and I was flattered. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I, know I had this much of an effect so on someone. So maybe I'm not as fucked up as I thought I was. Yeah, maybe they're the fucked up Or maybe up ones. you're just really fucked up that she felt so goddamn sorry for you and me that they just cried because they're like, holy fuck, these girls need more help than I can give them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gold star. Um, I think she gave me one. I, I think I still have it. No, I'm kidding. She didn't. Well, the one, the, one of the other guys already ripped it off of you yeah. anyway. It's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's my badge of honor. I think she actually said after a while, um, I don't think I need to help you anymore. Do you really want to come and see me still? And I was like, Did no. she really say that? Yeah, she really Wait, did. Wait, so how many times did you actually see her? Uh, I think she was just afraid of you. I think I, she knows that you still need to go. You yeah, just, she was afraid just, of you. Yeah. He actually was like, oh, really? Is that quick? And I was like, yeah, I seem to have that effect on people. And he goes, or you're just fucking crazy, you know? Um, yeah, I, it was from August till September, I think, or before September. No, it was... I, I, and I this was initiated from your son's appointments? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I would go in with my son and then she was like, hey, do you want to see me? Because I would start to talk to her about certain things and she thought she had a case until she got me alone and then she realized that... <laughs> She was the case. No, I'm kidding. She was like, <laughs> right. why, why did I ask you, Ed? Because you seemed like you needed to talk, but now I don't think you do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so she was like, now I know why your son's fucked up because <laughs> you're his mom. Oh, God, I, I really do need to talk to him more. So yeah, um, yep. So I brought him to the counselor just to get him to talk about everything that he was feeling because I guess that he had some backlash. Of- well, right now that's the next phase of this is how this affected your sons. Right. So what would you say to someone who is going through abuse right now? What advice would you give them? If I could say anything to anybody that's going through abuse right now is you're not to blame. Um, Talk to somebody, but outside of your circle, talk to somebody like a therapist or somebody with an unbiased opinion that you could trust. Um, Don't be afraid to go for help because um, you absolutely need it. Um, and, and stand up every day and tell yourself something good, write something good down every night. Like this is what I could do better tomorrow, or this is what I liked about myself today. And it will help you. It'll empower you and it'll give you courage that you didn't think you had. Um, because you, you, when you're abused, you just, you don't have it anymore. You don't have your personality. You don't have your life. You don't have you. And that's what people lose. And so they need to reach out. They need to talk to somebody that hasn't formulated opinion on their life that's going to just tell them like, oh, you're overreacting or it's not that bad or, you know, or what are you thinking or why are you doing this? Because like adding shame they're to gonna it. They're going to add shame because they're, if, if I had told you my story, you would have looked at me with five heads and said, are you fucking nuts? Why are you even, you're, you're choosing to sleep with this crazy guy? You're choosing to do all this stuff because you're afraid of what he's going to do to your son? Go to court. Would you recommend somehow having a recording device because it's so much of stuff that no one will see or hear and so having it at your disposal to be able to prove do you think that's something helpful um it's very much helpful um but it also could it's a risk it's a risk because if they find it if they find it and if they have something to replay if they're super depressed it could put them down pretty easy to just be like oh my god like reliving that moment like you talked about ptsd it's real everybody has it i mean i have it i have from literally too right. many pumpkin cookies pumpkin cookies you know smelling somebody's dirty feet like you know it's it's real but yeah so i would say that yeah i mean it would help but really what would truly help is reaching out to people that have gone through it too but knowing the positive way of like so for instance your, your podcast is positive because it adds in funny but it's also real talk um but they have to learn that other people with their disorder not aren't necessarily healthy yet and so it's 
it's really a, it's a long road and it's really, you have to pick the right people to talk to, but reach out to as many people as you can until you feel like that hole is getting, is getting smaller and then just continuously working on yourself. Because at the end of the day, the only person that's going to take care of you is you, not your mother, not your father, not your husband, not your friends, not your children. It's you. You have to love you from the beginning to the end. And I feel that that's the only thing that's kept me above water to where I was still breathing, but still drowning was that I loved myself from day one. So I never stopped loving me. And once you stop loving yourself, that's when the pain starts to hit. And that's when you start to cry uncontrollably um, where you lose control of your life because you, you stop loving you. So that would be my advice to, to any victim. Good advice. Yeah. Really good advice. So we're going to do segments. Okay. Awkward transition from yeah. abuse to fun segments. Yes. Uh, the first segment we're going to do is something called Things I Should Tell My Therapist. It's a brand new segment. I'm introducing it today. Yes. And if you have anything to add, I think we already know what it would be, so you don't have to partake. <laughs> but this segment is like weird, effed up things that go on in my mind. So the the one thing, that I, I put this on social media, so uh, people who saw that already got a sneak preview of this, but things I should tell my therapist. I had a dream the other night. It was like, the, I think it was the night after we went to dinner. Yeah. I had a dream that Harvey Weinstein was hitting on me, uh-huh. and then he never followed up. <laughs> And I was really bummed. Okay. Yep. And I think there's some deep rooted problems. There absolutely is. It's in called that. abandonment. I guess it is. Yeah. Because you felt abandoned your entire life. But also that Harvey Weinstein, every single woman he could get with, he got with, but he didn't get with me. Right. I think it shows that I've got some severe insecurities. Absolutely. Also. Yeah. And that yeah. I'm not worthy. Like I'm not worthy of his abuse. But and isn't that... that Fuck, that was such a, I woke up being like, what is wrong with my brain? I'm not choose. And I, the night we went out to yeah. eat, I was telling you, I have nightmares like every night. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that night that I had. That you had that dream. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good or bad sign. You know, it was less nightmare than other dreams. So did you wake up kind of happy, but sad all in the same? I, I woke up. Confused? I woke up offended or oh. like my feelings were hurt. Yeah. But also, you wanted to go back into the dream and be like, what is wrong with me? Right. Like, but so, also, why do I want the attention of a a massive a woman abuser? abuser? It's it's so messed that's, up. That's definitely something to talk to yeah. a therapist about. I think that would be a great, great therapy session. I'd love to sit in on that. Yeah. Yeah. I should record it and put it on the put it on this podcast. Absolutely. All right. Next segment. It's called Who's Sadder? So before I wanted to do like a, a sad off right. between you and I and we compete back and forth. Okay. But like, even though I know you're not really sad, you have yeah. way more things that outshine my sad things. Yes. Because I like you were just saying how, you know, you're not struggling with this. And I just put up this mini episode that I do on uh, my Patreon page, uh-huh. which if anyone wants to go and subscribe, it's patreon.com slash mentally chill. But I do these little mini mini pods and I was just saying I have PTSD from getting car sick in the fall (laughs) so if I like couldn't handle getting car sick in the fall right I couldn't have gone through what you gone through so you won the sad off (laughs) but for who's sadder we compare and contrast okay and and we'll figure out which one of these is sadder okay so when we were out to dinner yes a waitress came up to you yes you knew her yes and you guys were conversing yes and I noticed when you started talking to her, all of a sudden you had something on your face. <laughs> and as we were talking, she wiped it from your face, but it stayed. It stuck yes, there. Stuck there. And you let it sit there. Yes. And you were not rude. And I didn't know it was her spitting on you. Yeah. And She's, I was blown away at your diligence yes. of not wiping, wiping or responding. I didn't even see a blink. Yeah. I didn't see a flinch. Nope. So who's sadder in this moment? <laughs> The person who got spit on or the spitter. So the spitter or the spitty. I think I think I'm sadder because I took the spit and I didn't move and I kept it on my face. So you know someone's germs are just see- seeping, seeping into, into your my pores. And I am a germaphobic. You are a germaphobe because you said that afterwards. Yes. And so for a germaphobe to not respond. That took a lot of guts. It's a lot of guts. Okay. Am I ready for war? I'm sad. You are, but I have to say, 
on her end, I'm going to argue for her side. Okay. Because nothing more humiliating than spitting in somebody spitting while you're talking and you don't call it out. They're not going to call it out. I I usually, now I've learned to call it out. If I spit, I go, Oh my God, I just spit. I'm sorry. Uh But I could bomb doing comedy in front of a thousand people. I wouldn't be embarrassed. But if I spit on somebody, I'd never show my face around them again. Yeah. So I feel that she'd be sadder because she's the one working and then spitting talking and and then then it's hanging on your face and she's got chilling on my face right and she can see it because she tried to wipe it she did try to wipe it but how she missed that big creature right right. and how she missed that i don't know barking it was but i could see it and you were saying so i you know what honestly i don't think it was her i think i felt sadder for you that you had to watch (laughs) all of that and then stand back and no but i did feel i felt badder for you in the moment because i didn't know she spit i just thought all of a sudden you had something on your face. And I was like, oh, poor Christy's got something on her face. And I don't know if I should interrupt this conversation to be like, Christy, you got something on your face. Oh my God. How but the fact also, how did you not see it come out of her mouth? It was huge. But the reason I feel sad for her too, is that it wasn't just spit. It was like an object. It was object. It was like a gobstopper, <laughs> right. a ball of food on my face that literally took up half my cheek. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a tie here. Okay. I think you're both the saddest. (laughs) Okay, okay. So even. (laughs) Even. All right. Um, And then the last segment is called F Dat Shit. Okay. And it's just about something newsworthy or something interesting about mental health. Okay. And this was kind of crazy. A study came out recently that said DNA ages faster with people who have depression and also people who've been through childhood trauma. Okay. And so it said the study included 811 patients with depression 319 who had no psychiatric disorders and the people who had no psychiatric disorders averaged eight months younger than a person with a psychiatric disorder. Okay. Disorder. I said that weird. That's okay. And then uh, it said the effect was even greater in patients who experienced childhood trauma, such as violence, neglect, sexual abuse. And those participants, the body clock was 1.6 years or 1.06 years older than in the people who didn't have the trauma. Okay. Which is pretty crazy. So I wonder if your DNA is aged from your experiences. I would have to say so, because I think I was telling you that night that um, people always think I'm a lot older than I truly am. Right, because your DNA is basically now 4,862 years old. Yeah. From all the trauma. Yeah, absolutely. I know. So there you go. There's your answer. So I I guess I don't need to use skin cream anymore. I just have to stop getting... <laughs> You're salt. rotting from the inside out. Yeah, it's I'm, too late. I'm rotting and I just have to stay away from fucked up people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wonder if you can... I don't know about in the article, it doesn't say, but if you can reverse that at all. If uh, you get, probably not. Yeah. Um, and then the, the saddest part about it is that people just come off the street to me and just pour their hearts out. So I think I'm doomed and I'm going to be aged for, for uh, life. Oh yeah, because you have their... Yeah, so what? I have a good maybe five years left in me? <laughs> Fuck. I better start living. Yeah, you better get Holy that Corvette shit. soon. Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about having another baby. That's not happening. Well, yeah, your ovaries all dried up now. Uh, they You're are 4,000 years old. Yeah, I'm going to give spawn demons. If you were to guess your age in old soul age, what would you be? Ouch. I would have to say old soul age. I'm probably looking at, I'd say, what do you say, honey, 60, 70? 70. 70 years old, that's 70 it? 70 years old. That's it? That's it. 70? 70. I thought you were going to say like 400 years old or something. Nah. I mean, we can't say that because then I'd be fucking, you know, I wouldn't be as cool as I am. So That's true. 70. That's true. Yeah. Get your smartphone and everything at yeah. 70. I mean, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in 400 years, I God, I'd be fucking, you're lucky I had a tooth left in me. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say 70. 70. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I had a magnet on my fridge for years that said, if you didn't know how old you were, how old would you be or something yep. like that? And I'd always be like 98. Yeah. 96. Yeah, always. At least. At least. But not in like a fun way, like in a, I'm just, I feel decrepit and awful inside and I uh, I should be. You should be dead in a nursing home. Yeah, like that's, but I do think my old soul age would probably be like 120 okay. or 150 or something. You think so? What? No, yeah, because I like the, I think it'd be cool to, well, I should say probably, yeah, about 120 years old. Because I love the like early 1900s into the 1920s. I absolutely love it too. But you have to think about how old your soul is as far as how you grew up and and you embrace life. Like 
what like I feel like as a kid I was able to you know have relationships with older people like my grandparents yeah you always related with the older people always same same always my entire life yeah and so, so my I have to say that I'm like my you know older than my parents, but you know younger than my grandparents, maybe. So yeah. seventy. That's yeah. why I say seventy. Yeah. Well, whenever my cousins that I don't know if you've met yet, but they're always hanging out together. They're my you know my brother and sister's age, kind yeah. of. I always wanted to hang with the parents. Yeah. And the you know the grandparents. I never wanted to hang with the clique of the cousins. Right. Because they were my or not my age. They were a little bit older, but not right. like old soul older. Yeah. They were no. still kids, but just yeah. Anyway, yeah. And you didn't want to listen to them because no, they had nothing good to nothing say. Nothing interesting. Yeah, they talked you about like lived. Doritos in their teeth and stuff. You're like, what are you? What are well, you wait a about? second. I'm very, I'm very touchy about Doritos. I take Doritos personally. I have a very deep love affair with Doritos. So do I. So I would talk about Doritos. Okay, all right, fair enough. But anything else that the young souls well, are talking see, about, I'm not talking how about. I said Doritos, though, because I have a love for them as well. Oh, you do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this was fun. This was a great time. Thank you so much for being so honest. Yeah. And absolutely. Uh, will to laugh at it because I know that's what your personality is yes. and I'm grateful for that because I have such a hard time having serious conversations about anything yeah so thank you absolutely it was such a pleasure um, talking with you on your podcast um, why thank you back. why I will all right anyway remember to rate and comment if you guys like the show please rate it five stars if you don't rate it five stars you will die a lonely death and if you want to support the show, please do go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. I am up there doing live streams, et cetera. And we'll be doing a movie night on October 26th, 9.30 New York time, 6.30 LA time or California time, I should say. And that's all for me. So remember, stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. Bye, guys.